What is going on? Welcome to the Vines Palmcast. I'm so excited for you guys to be with us tonight. The Reverend William Matthews, he is out tonight. Load management is what we're calling it. Now he's actually, uh, he took his son to uh, some WWE, so he's off tonight. But we've got a huge guest. I'm so excited for this. We've got Steven Gonzalez, the SID for Liberty University Men's Basketball. Steven, what's going on, man? Nothing. Uh Thanks for having me. Um, excited to be here. Uh, first off, thank you for what you do for uh, our fan base and for helping promote our program. But um, quick shout out to Will. Uh, WWE, right? Taking taking the little one to uh, wrestling tonight? Yeah, WWE. He's doing it big time. So, no, he's not out because of the Liberty bracket drama. He's not, you know, <laughs> he, he's not just, you know, too scared to come on, on the air. Now he's, uh, he's doing some cool stuff. So, uh, I don't. I don't know how it works out. Who won, who won tonight? Because he's probably seen Roman Reigns or someone. I'm 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 old now. I'm in my 30s, so I was gonna say The Rock or like Stone Cold Steve Austin or Shawn Michaels. But you're stuck with me, so we'll probably <laughs> won tonight. So uh, I guess we're the consolation uh, uh, matchup. Before we kind of jump into you know talking about the team and definitely excited here about your uh, your trip to Hawaii, Stephen. I think I kind of have a general idea of what you do, but I probably actually have no idea. So tell everyone what's your role with, with Liberty and what all do you do? Yeah. The most uh, unknown job I think in, in college athletics is what does an SID do? And what, what does an SID even stand for? I always joke that I am the most unathletic guy on the, within the program. I, uh, uh, SID stands for sports information director. It's kind of uh, evolved into a, uh, director of communications uh, over as the years moved on, but um, handle all our media uh, requests. So if we use going to the NCAA tournament, uh, CBS and TNT, they're the ones that are reaching out to me and saying they want to talk to coach and send up interviews and uh, post-game interviews, uh, helping out with social media here and there. Um, very blessed that I have two of the best in the game with uh, Jacob Webb doing graphic designs and snapping photos and uh, JB, Joe Bledsoe doing our, our videography. So um, helping out wherever I can to assist them. But uh, a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, I, again, most unathletic guy, uh, but blessed that I get to travel with this awesome team and uh, uh, assist media any way possible. And then getting on podcasts like this. So I'm, I'm the lucky guy right now. It's just, it's so cool to see, you know, just how far this basketball program has come. And I think you and your team and uh, have a big part in that and, and kind of, uh, uh, you know, seeing Liberty on the national scale. And talking about that, just we're playing in the Diamond Head Classic. Liberty was playing BYU on Christmas Day on ESPN2. How cool was that trip to Hawaii? It was awesome. Uh, one of the best blessings we've had since, since I've been here. Yeah. It's going on my sixth season with uh, Coach McCandler and the Flames. Uh, that's the Diamond Head Classic is is the tournament during the holiday season in terms of, of Christmas because you are the only show in town and uh, throughout the nation. So um, I think uh, couldn't be more thankful for for the guys that paved the way for that for that tournament for allowing us to be in there. Like. Georgie uh, Pacheco Ortiz, Caleb Holmesley, Milo Baxter Bell, Scotty James, Ryan Kemright, John Dawson, all the ones that uh, help elevate this program to get to a national stage. Uh, we were afforded that opportunity uh, 
during Christmas. So uh, learned a lot about our team. Uh, wish we could have gotten a few more wins, um, but happy with the direction of this team. Uh, I think Plains Nation is going to be very excited to see uh, this team grow uh, come January, February, and March. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the individual games. We'll go through each of the games uh, here in a second. But what was the um, what was the atmosphere like in Hawaii? What's it like playing in a tournament like that over over the holidays? What's it like for the guys and um, all that kind of crazy stuff? Yeah, well, first off, long <laughs> the trip. Uh, we go from Lynchburg to Charlotte to play in the, the Hall of Fame shootout. Uh, at the Hornets Arena, and then from there we go to Phoenix to, and then from Phoenix to Hawaii. So we were thinking total we were away from Lynchburg for about thirteen days. So that's a long time. And then to not only to to go to uh, Hawaii, the travel there is it, t- it takes takes a minute to get there. So, um, but our guys were were so thankful and and humbled by. Um, by the experience there, you know, you get off the plane and the Diamond Head Classic is there to greet us with, uh, with Lays and, um, and it, it was just awesome. And I would say in terms of the envir- environment down at University of Hawaii, very intimate. It's a big arena, but a lot of locals come out, uh, probably not as many due to just uh, what's going on in the country right now. But um, our families are there that, that, that travel with us to support Liberty. And then the the teams we played against, uh, uh, their fan bases were pretty big. So uh, there were good crowds. Um, it was never quiet at the Stan Sheriff Center. So um, overall, great, great experience and have nothing but great things to say for people at the Diamond Head Classic. What was the the news like when Stanford had to drop out of the tournament? Is that like, is it just kind of like a weird feeling? You know, you're you're over in Hawaii. I, I think I heard they had to have players like stay behind. Like that's that's got to be kind of like a just a, a whirlwind like type experience. Yeah, that's uh, whirlwind. But I, I can't imagine what it was like for the for the people running the Diamond Head Classic because to give you even a a, a breakdown was we we had a minute left in, in the first half against BYU. And during the game, I'm, I'm the one that's updating our, our social media just uh, on Twitter. And so as soon as I go to send uh, a tweet um, from a highlight, all I see is uh, John Rothstein tweet out, uh, the championship game has been canceled uh, at the Diamond Head Classic. And I kind of take him back and I look around and you just see a lot of the the people running the tournament are just kind of going back and forth. And it's just you, you kind of you got to experience what everyone was like looking at their phones saying, hey, uh, like, is this real? Like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? And um, feel awful for for, for Vanderbilt and Stanford. Uh, that was such a great tournament and um, the most competitive non-conference tournament I've ever been a part of. So to see it end like end like that is is a real bummer for the, those two teams. But um, yeah, can't can't imagine what they went through. And uh, uh, normally you'd say if you're stuck in Hawaii, that's a good thing, but. I'm sure they would much rather play play the championship than, than be stuck in Honolulu. Is that kind of like a, I, I know there's a lot of uncertainty throughout college basketball right now, but is that kind of like just something that kind of weighs over your guys' head as you kind of get into conference play? I, I'm not even sure. I think I had read something before the A-Sun had said 
for football that there could be forfeits. I know a lot of leagues are kind of like, yeah, this is actually a really, really bad idea in changing. Do you know yet if there could be forfeits in ASUN play? Yeah, good question. Um, the ASUN has been great, first off. Uh, I think um, they've been very diligent in doing their homework and making sure uh, we do what's best to, to keep everyone healthy and then making sure we get the games in. Um, I think uh, having a just ongoing conversation, and um, I'm not always in those in those talks. Uh, I'm not I'm not high enough the pay scale on that one, but um, everyone's doing their best to avoid having to having to cancel games. And uh, I even think they I think they moved a game earlier today too. Uh, I believe it was uh, Florida Gulf Coast, and can't remember who off the top of my head. So at least that's being done. Um, I think one thing on our end is uh, it can be tough. Uh, I think we experienced that last year, just constant change, uh, not knowing if you're going to play, when you're going to play. And I think one thing that our team has been amazing at is being grateful. Um, once again, like last year, not not every game is guaranteed. Not every game is promised. Um, us being, it could have been us that was canceled to face BYU instead of Stanford or Vanderbilt. So I think that uh, I think we were lucky and blessed and grateful that we were able to play that game. Um, so I think always going with a uh, attitude of gratitude mindset going into to every game and every week as we prepare for the ASUN. I know that me just as a just a dude who's a fan of Liberty. I know after you guys won the ASUN last year, I was like holding my breath like the whole time before the tournament. And I mean, I, I'm just a fan. I can only imagine what you guys were like. There was a team last year, I think it was Oregon, that, that had to drop out of the tournament. Just, man, it's just like, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, uh, going, going uh, to the bubble and getting, making sure everyone tests negative, it, it was, it was like, that was a win within itself. You're like, can, and you saw everyone in the bubble. I, I, I always tell everyone, anyone that asks, the, the NCAA tournament last year was like a big college basketball field. And you would just go in our practice, uh, our meeting room was right next to Michigan State. And then we look over, then Ohio State's right next to us. And so, but then a bunch of us are catching up with friends that we know across the country. And it's just like, oh, hey, like I, I went and saw friends from Grand Canyon. And it's like, hey, how's it going, buddy? And it's like, oh, yeah, like there's Bryce Drew. So it was just so much fun. But yet on the flip side of that, VCU was one of the teams that, that tested positive last year during the tournament and they were in our in our block of hotel uh rooms and you just see them and there's nothing you can say to them and they they don't want to talk to anyone it's just you feel so bad when when it happens to to another team and so uh, i think it's just another daily reminder of uh, not everything is guaranteed so be uh be thankful for the blessings we've been given yeah absolutely well we'll uh keep our fingers crossed and uh uh, that, that this year will be a, a more normal tournament. But let's talk about some more fun stuff. I, I'm sorry to be depressing. I just, <laughs> I, something I was curious about, you know, as, as we're right. kind of, you know, navigating through. So let's talk about these games. First game was awesome. Liberty knocks off Northern Iowa. This was a Northern Iowa team uh, that I think it just wanted Marshall by like 15 points. Really was playing really, really welcome into that game. Uh, Darius played well. Shiloh was a, a beast in that game. I think Kyle was three for three for four from three, hit like three threes in a row. Uh, Liberty trailed by 11 points at one point. 
Uh, Micah B had a really, really good game off the bench. Uh, Steven, what was your guys' thoughts on on this game and, and kind of, uh, you know, how big of a win was this for, for Liberty? Yeah, first off, um, when you guys first released your first episode, I thought I was watching ESPN over here with the score graphics, so well done. Uh, I think Jacob Webb would give you uh, two thumbs up on this one, so good job. Uh, great win. Uh, one of one of the best wins I, I've seen in the last few years during non-conference because, like you said, we were down double digits. Um, and for a young team uh, to crawl back and fight against a really good opponent, I don't think uh, a lot of people within college basketball knows. Uh, I don't think maybe Flames Nation or, or people, uh, just your regular fans, know how good you and I is and how good A.J. Green is. A.J. Green is a fantastic player, and he's probably going to win – uh, conference player of the year for you and I. Um, and I think, uh, to hold them to, to 74 points doesn't, it seems like a lot in, in the Liberty book, but, um, cause you knew their chance, they, they weren't going to, uh, just go quietly and they made it a close game. And for a, for a young team to respond early in the first half, the way they did is, is very impressive. Like, like the game before against East Carolina, again, down double digits. So back to back wins, uh, being down double digits is very impressive. Yeah, and Northern Iowa also, they beat St. Bonaventure by 10 points on the road. Uh, yeah, St. Bonaventure I, was top 25 team, you know. And they had come right off beating uh, Virginia Tech and being top point. Yeah, very, very impressive. Or I'm sorry, Virginia Tech was beating uh, St. Bonaventure. So, yeah, top 25. If you would have told uh, before heading to the Diamond Head Classic that you're going to beat a team that beat a team in the top 25, you take that, so. Uh, very impressive one. Yeah, I think I think Northern Iowa and East Carolina both are probably very close to to, to this Liberty team. Maybe in you know kind of overall and, and the numbers and all that kind of stuff. It was nice to see, hey, beating two teams that are kind of really I think you know close on 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 your level. So huge uh, wins there. All right, so the next game, three point loss to Stanford. Uh, Darius McGee. If if there is. College basketball fanatics that didn't know who Darius McGee is, they now do. 41 points. He was just insane. Um, Liberty did lead by one point at 13 in this game. Um, but Stanford, they just – they had a crazy night from from three. This was not a very good three-point shooting team coming in. They shot 12 of 20. Um, man, it was a fun – this was a, just a fun, fun basketball game. What was your, your thoughts on this one, Stephen? Before I ask – give my thoughts as a liberty fan what was it like seeing your play like your your guy your ace on player that you go for 41 points against a pac-12 team it was insane you know it's just it's so cool to see liberty hanging with stanford liberty beating stanford and not be like shocked you know like i remember when liberty beat like wake forest like in 2017 or 18 that was like a huge deal it was awesome all the credit to those guys this, I was like, oh, yeah, we're beating Stanford, you know, no big deal. You know, we it's not not that I, I take it for granted, but it's just cool that this is almost expected that we can compete in these games. And Darius was just – he was insane. It, it, this was the game – and it was, it was really nice to see him do this against one of the tallest teams in the country because there was this, this kind of silly narrative going around that Darius, you know um, – you know, is it going to be able to, you know, score in, in some of the bigger, which is silly because he's, he dropped 15 points against Virginia Tech in the uh, NCAA tournament. 
and went off against, I think it was Mississippi State mm-hmm. in, in early last year. So it was kind of a silly narrative. It was just nice to see him do this against a huge, huge Stanford team. Uh, yeah, um, great points. Fully agree. I think, uh, first off, I, I don't speak for speak for the team, but being a, a small part of the, the program, uh, our guys are very upset that we didn't get two more wins. Um, and I think that shows the quality uh, of this program that we, we lost to a Pac-12 team that um, we had a chance to win and we're upset. Like it w- there was no moral victories in Honolulu. Um, we take, uh, it was a great growing learning experience, but uh, bummed we couldn't pull out these other two. Uh, but this was, this was an NCAA tournament-like game. From start to finish, it was very intense in the in the arena, and um, there was no no dull moments. and And the nation got to see what what Darius is capable of. Um, if, like you said, if if people didn't know who he was before, the, they do now. Um, we we saw it during preseason, a uh, few things here and there that his name was being thrown around in mock drafts, and of course, people say, "Well, he's the ASAP Player of the Year." Of course, some some draft experts are going to do that just as a courtesy. Uh, there was one, every player on Stanford, except one player, I believe, was below 6'3". That was, Nick, I've I've worked Phoenix, I've worked NBA training camps. Uh, we've played against, obviously, some elite competition in, in the last six years here at Liberty. That was the tallest team I've ever seen in person. Um, that That's on par with what you see at NBA games. So for, for a 5'8 uh, guard from Liberty to put up 41 points against a team like that, that was pretty special. Uh, and it was very tournament, NCAA tournament-like atmosphere in the sense that uh, a lot of the locals from Honolulu, you just saw them rallying around this this kid who was just uh, just scoring at will. And I'll even say this on my end, so part of my job is uh, asking the media who they want to interview after the game, along with Coach McKay, and of course, the whole week is, just give us days. Like, this is fine. Uh, so he ties the scoring record that at the Diamond Head Classic, he ties our record here at Liberty, chanting in, chan- channeling his inner Matt Hildebrand over here. So, um, legend, legend, absolute legend. So, uh, but anyways, Darius and I are walking back to the press room, and there's five people from the Diamond Head Classic working the tournament, and they're all locals, and they already have a box score, every one of them, asking them for his autograph, and then since Darius and I are the last ones to walk out of the arenas, it's because We've been doing uh, media stuff. We walk out, and there's about five five or so fans just waiting for Darius. And as soon as they got his autograph, they left. They they saw who Stanford's like players coming out. They they could have cared less. And I think Darius made made an impact uh, at the at the Diamond Head Classic that that not many locals that are tuned in are gonna are gonna ever forget. So he and and put in perspective, he broke Buddy Heald's record. That's that's absolutely amazing. That's a guy that's a, a, a borderline all-star. And and Darius, um, I wouldn't say shattered, but he broke his record pretty easily. I mean, he won the MVP as on the fourth place team. <laughs> like, what, who does that? Like, that that's not very, uh, uh, that's not very normal. And, um, and I, I would tell you, it was the least happiest, least happy, Darius has ever seen me after a game. And for for his side, he's he knew what I was coming up for, and he's, I said it's not just all tournament. You won MVP, and he 
he was a little bummed out as in i i don't care about the mvp i want to win the games so i I would tell you darius would gladly trade in those records for for two more wins yeah so we kind of leaked into it a little bit which is which is totally fine but uh the byu game 80 75 um as Stephen mentioned, broke Buddy Hield's record, which is just so cool. Um, if anyone watched Buddy Hield in college, he was incredible. Uh, one of the most uh, fun players I think I've ever, you know, kind of watched in, in my my lifetime for sure. Um, but Liberty played good in this game as well. Um, I believe it was the the second best offensive efficiency game um, uh, against BYU this year. BYU's really, really good defensive team. Um, and, and Liberty scored 75 on them. I think BYU probably doesn't get enough credit for how good they are defensively. Um, yeah, and I know you said no moral victories, and I think it's great that they have that mindset. You know, but I just want to remind you, I think, I think sometimes people forget, and that's okay. You know, we're fans, we're excited. The, the team that won an NCAA tournament game lost to Vanderbilt lost to Georgetown, lost to Alabama, lost to Austin P. Uh, UCLA was like their sixth chance before they kind of got like that marquee win. And I think all those other games, they played, they, most of them, they played very competitive. Uh, but I think it really kind of, you know, hopefully like this tournament, it, it helped prepare them, you know, for the the, the NCAA tournament and, and, and down the line um, from playing close in these tight competitive games. Did you guys kind of get that that feel at all? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I, I keep saying the word growth. This was this was the best experience for for our young players, other than Keegan, Darius, Shiloh, and Kyle. None of these players, these these freshmen and sophomores, have played significant minutes uh, in the A Sun dur- during even just the regular season alone. Not even counting uh, A Sun tournament and NCAA tournament. So, and and BYU, that's a a perennial NCAA tournament team that is the perfect uh, display of what you're going to face in the tournament. BYU isn't isn't going to shoot themselves in the foot very often, and I think that showed a, a young team, hey, this is this is the blueprint, or this is what it's going to take to to win in March. So um, so thankful and grateful for for the games we had against Northern Iowa, um, Stanford, and, and BYU. And then Darius continued to, to just be amazing. Um, during this, uh, during the first half, uh, to give you a little, little inside scoop, uh, the tournament people come up to me during halftime. And I, I forget what Darius may have had. He may have had like 12, 12 or 14 points. I, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, but the people in Hawaii say, just an FYI, like this is Buddy Heald's record. Um, like I, they're like, he probably may not get there. They're like, but this is it just in case. And then they're like, I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. And then sure enough, with eight minutes left in the game, they're coming up to me and be like, okay, he shattered the record already for three pointers. We totally forgot about that. Okay. He's going to break Buddy Hill's record. And you just saw everyone in the back of press row, just doing their research. And they're just like, oh my gosh, this kid is just, just rewriting the record book. And it started off as, um, hey, Darius will be on the all-tournament team, but I, we don't think we can give him, give him the, the MVP trophy. And then sure enough, at the last media timeout, they said, there's no debate. Like, he's been the best player 
in this tournament. So um, they're like, if you guys are okay with it, we'll give him the MVP. So um, yeah, but to, to put a bow on BYU, so um, so physical and and such a smart team. So I think uh, if you want to win in March, uh, those are the type of teams we're gonna we're gonna have to face, um, and hopefully uh, we do enough throughout February and March to get there. Yeah, I mean, BYU, they could go on an absolute run and be like a three or four seed in the tournament. Absolutely. Top 25 until about two or three weeks ago. Real quick on Darius. The one thing I've noticed, in addition to the scoring, Chris Parker was a huge loss. I think people underestimated how big. He was just such a good player and so calm and always played under control. And Darius is kind of – it seems like Richie's kind of trying to figure out how he wants to run the point. Darius has been playing more of the point or maybe the, the one guard I've seen to be taking the ball up the floor and kind of being creative to, to get him off the ball a little bit. But it seems like Darius, and I don't know, maybe I'm not seeing this right. It seems like he's getting more and more comfortable distributing as, as the season's going on. Um, do you guys kind of get that sense that he's kind of um, becoming more comfortable, more, you know, um, just kind of, adding that to his repertoire being kind of more of a distributor. Yeah. Uh, very observant and uh, <laughs> good observation. I, as uh, one, another part of my job is uh, when we go to big tournaments like the Diamond Head Classic or when we play at, at Charlotte in the shootout, uh, those games are on ESPN. So the TV crew will go to the practice usually the morning of or the night, the night before. And I'll, I'll meet with uh, the two, uh, TV talent to just kind of give them some background and give them more info. And I've told them, Nick, I was like, they, they asked, they're like, well, is Darius a point guard and this and that, like he, he can distribute, but next sometimes we'll see that he grabs, he's, he leads the team in rebounds some nights. And I said, I've always told everyone, I'm like, just think of this team as a piece, as a piece of clay right now. A lot of these pieces haven't played together. And sometimes you, you'll, You'll try and figure something out and it's like, ah, that may not work. Or, hey, what if we try this? And it's this, I think we're slowly forming into something or trying to figure out what, what we can be. Um, and some nights that, that may be Darius handling the ball. And then uh, we're, we're so blessed that we have Kyle Road and his, his IQ because he, he's, he's the quarterback on, on the court. He's able, his, his IQ is so off the charts, Nick. And he's able to see things he, and, He's, we joke that he's the fourth assistant coach. Um, and then sometimes you have Micaiah. And then, yeah, I think uh, we're slowly developing some options to handle the ball. And, and that may be a good thing because you can't just circle in on, on just one ball handle. Is, is Micaiah taking the ball up the court? Is that Mayo's idea? It just <laughs> it looks like Mayo. It's like a, I feel like I'm – Going back in time, seeing him do that. You could blame you could blame Mayo for a lot of things, and most of them are pretty good, actually. So um, that's awesome. If you tell a big man within our program, "Hey, I saw Mayo bring the ball up the court. Uh, how, how can I do that?" So um, yeah, Mayo, Mayo is. Uh, we've been the benefactor of a lot of blessings that Mayo has given us. I don't know if there's ever going to be a cooler Liberty basketball player than Mayo Baxter. I just I, I tell uh, I tell everyone I, I bet you he's probably the most popular player. If we did a Liberty Twitter bracket challenge of just um, I won't say the entire athletic department of, of our sports, but if you just did Liberty basketball, I bet you I'd put money on Mayo Baxter to win the bracket. 
Absolutely, absolutely. All right, and then we'll we'll real quickly, you know, is it was it Boyce? I don't even remember. This was on on New Year's Eve. I I I tried to watch as much as I could, uh, uh, but with the kids and you know another non D one game, which I know it's it's super hard to fill games, and you guys have really done an awesome job filling all these big games. But I did want to ask you about the three players that were out. I don't know if you can give us any input on on them. I think McDowell was just uh, was just getting some rest. Do you expect these three guys back against uh, Stetson on Tuesday? Yeah. Um, uh, Keegan, just as we say some load management. Uh, when, when you're a senior, I guess you get that, that privilege. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking with Keegan. Love Keegan. Uh, and then just non-COVID illness, just making sure everyone's healthy and ready to go for, for ace on play. Um, and as I told people, like, uh, they, think of Boyce, uh, our game against Boyce as, as a great yoga stretch. Just, um, it was very taxing going back to, going back to, to Lynchburg from Honolulu. Uh, some, a lot of our, our guys' flights were delayed. Um, some, again, didn't get back, uh, till very late. Some of them, I think, uh, I think we had one player that it took him 18 hours to get home. So, uh, to go from there straight into a sun play would have been very difficult. So, um, so I think, uh, New Year's Eve was a great way to kind of knock the rust off, kind of stretch and, and get some shots back home in Lynchburg and then, uh, get ready, uh, all eyes towards a sun play. Yeah. As I see Jonathan Jackson hit a couple shots in that game. Um, you never know as the season goes on, you know, with, with illnesses and things like that that we hope don't happen. You know, Jonathan might might have a, a spot where he really has to, to play some significant minutes. So um, always nice to see, you know, guys like him. And I tell you, that guy, he can sit on the bench for 30 minutes and just step right in, drill a three. It's yeah. insane. Jonathan uh, is an elite shooter. I, I think he would even tell you that he's the best shooter in his family. So um, and I'm very – Jonathan, I have – are very invested right now because he signed with my favorite team, the Suns. So uh, I imagine when we're on the road uh, this week, we'll probably catch some Suns games together. Absolutely. Awesome. Shoot or shoot. Before we move on to the next thing. So I do have to ask you, why don't we have a home and home with Grand Canyon? That you, I need that to happen. Their atmosphere is so cool. That it, it, These two schools seem like they were built for a home and home. Yeah. Um, yes, we are. Uh, takes two to agree. <laughs> and then um, also going all the way to Phoenix, Arizona is for just one game is, is very difficult. Um, not only uh, budget wise, but also just traveling cross country just for one game. And um, so you try to get more games out there if possible. Um, and again, that goes to having a, uh, other suitors willing to play you. Um, it's, I will say for, for, it's been very hard to, to schedule. Um, and, but I've always said, that's a good thing. That means we're doing something right, right here. Good in Lynchburg. So, um, but Hey, I came from Grand Canyon. I'm always, I would always be willing to go down and, and face the ropes. Not getting a lot of calls from UCLA these days to come play. <laughs> no, no, we've, uh, We've enjoyed our, our two games in the Pac-12. They've been very competitive the last year. <laughs> awesome. Fantastic. Um, and maybe with New Mexico State, maybe we can find a way to, to, to swing a, a trip combined when we start having to play them every year. All right. So 
Uh, here's kind of our update. Darius, I feel like the last time I did this, he was like at like 17 points per game, and now he's up to, to 21. Uh, obviously, the eye-popping numbers. Keegan McDowell, real quick, tell, tell me about Keegan and what a just an incredible story. You know, a guy that was on his way out, has come back, and is the second-leading scorer and is is now on load management. That's how good he's been. That, that That's a testament to him. Yeah, um, amazing human being. Is he's been a blessing more off the court than he he has on the court throughout his time, and that's saying a lot because, like you said, he's he's playing amazing basketball this year. Um, I will say when uh, his junior year, when everything was kind of in transition and he thought about transferring, normally you would think if if that was the plan, then the, the rest of the team during the season really wouldn't have a need to talk to him. And it was the opposite. It was more, hey, like I'm I'm struggling, so let me go talk to Keegan. Let me just grab coffee. Let's just go shoot together. Um, and to see, no, Keegan his whole time, his five years here, and to see his growth has been amazing because that's what being a student athlete in college is all about, to grow, to get an education, um, and to now benefit yourself as much as possible with NIL, but also to, to see them grow up. And he's he's turned from a he came from uh, from Moeller as a quiet as a quiet shooter, <laughs> and now he's he's leaving as a leader, um, and engaged to an awesome woman, Ashton Baker. Um, so I know they're going to have shooting competitions for for the rest of their life, seeing still who's a better shooter in their uh, for their years to come. But uh, amazing human being, uh, not just as a basketball player, but but off the court. Is Keegan a Reds fan? No, if he's a Reds fan, I know he's a I know he's a Bengals fan. Um, I think he claims the Reds. I know he uh, I know he doesn't claim the. Uh, who else am I missing? Um, Ohio State Bearcats. No. Yeah, Xavier. I think he's a Reds fan. I know awesome. as, as him and Zach, we got a lot of Ohio guys with especially still in the building with Mayo, Zach, Farquhar, and uh, Keegan, um, or as, as they both like to call them, the Jungle Cats, not the Bengals. So, uh, and they're pre- they're probably pretty happy right now because they're AFC North champs. Yeah, I, I'm from Cincinnati. I don't follow football as close. I'm a diehard Reds fan. So I saw him posting <laughs> that's, on that's it. I was thinking of, yeah, Indians. I was, I was, uh, I was. I saw on him put something on Instagram about about the Bengals today, but I was like, ah, "Is he a Reds fan?" <laughs> I, that'll that'll up Keegan up to another level for me. But yeah, Keegan's been awesome. You see his Ken Palm offensive rating; he's just been insanely efficient. Like he, like his ten points, like he's only shooting like four or five shots a game and scoring that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, twenty twenty six in the nation and three point field goal percentage, and in this past two years has been great for him. Uh, we had we had a lot of ball dominant guys when, when he was early early in his career at, here at Liberty. So I think uh, this style suits him more, and it's just much more. Uh, it, it's not just not ball dominant. So I think the the last two years has been a blessing, not just for him but for us. Yeah, wanted to shout out a couple other guys: uh, Blake Preston and Kyle Road and and Shiloh Robinson all played really really well in Hawaii. We won't run through every single player because I don't I don't want to keep you here until midnight. Um, but one other guy I have to mention 
You know, he's kind of getting he's kind of getting some some love from the Liberty community. Uh, the free Abib movement is alive and well. What can you tell me about uh, my man Abib and uh, uh, what he's been able to do this year? Because he kind of became the forgotten man, and he's really come on lately. Uh, had some really uh, eye popping plus minus numbers in some of these games. What's uh, what's up with the B right now? Makai is such a blessing. He uh, he's such a unique kid. Um, he would tell you sometimes he he enjoys uh, the the game. Uh, he's a big gamer. I think if I'm saying that right, I'm making myself feel old now or sound old. Uh, loves the video games, but um, so and don't ever talk bad about LeBron because uh, he'll come at you. So, uh, but just such a fabulous kid that's that's learning um how to how to adjust to life in college um i think he is he is uber talented super talented whatever whatever adjective you want to put next to Micaiah. um it just takes time like it's uh i i love flames nation and they're free to be love it um i i don't know if Micaiah even knows or he would tell you he loves it um but seeing a kid just mature and develop into um, such a such a hard worker has been has been awesome to watch. And uh, there will be no need to free a B. He'll be here uh, for many years to come and continue to to provide many highlights in a, in a playing beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, he could give uh, he could give Mayo a run for his money if he gives uh, us a strong couple more years. Uh, he's he's a He's a really, really easy guy to root for. And he's just, I think, the perfect representation of Liberty basketball under Richie McKay and the culture that he's built. A guy that had these just incredible performances against Power 5 schools last year, kind of fell down on the depth chart, but he didn't, you know, say at the end of the year, you know what, hey, I'm going to transfer out. I got I got the, this film that's going to get me somewhere. He stayed the course, and it seems like it's paying off for him right now. And I'm just, I'm so excited for him. He's just, I, I just, I love, what, I love his game. I love his game. Yeah, and one thing I, I would say is, being a big in college basketball, just like the NBA, it takes time. Um, you're, you're not gonna, you don't have the ball in your hands 24/7 like a guard. So, uh, finding ways to make an impact on the game um, takes time. And also, he, he kind of experienced a little bit of what what Blake went through with Scotty and Mayo, you can't, um, it's very hard to step in right from high school or, and just make an immediate impact day in and day out game after game. And, uh, it's been a blessing. We, um, we had Scotty, we had Mayo, and then you think, Oh, how are we going to replace that? And then, uh, in comes Blake and makes an immediate impact. And then Makai just waiting his time and has found ways to make an impact. So, um, excited about the future and like yeah Blake Blake's been great with uh, just like all our bigs like Shiloh uh, have been great and helping uh, Micaiah uh, along the way. Yeah I'm excited for Blake in, in a sun play I think that's where he's really the size really comes down and he dominated last year he was one of the best players in the a sun I think Ken Palm had him as one of the top five players. And I knew I, think I was he, gonna I was gonna give you a hard time if you didn't bring up Blake Preston in Ken Palm during ASUN play because uh, he 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 looks good on the numbers on Ken Palm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's uh, let's look at the ASUN. Here's where things stand right now. 
Um, Liberty has taken over. They are the top in net in Kinpom uh, as we begin a sun play. But uh, Jacksonville State, oh boy, they are they are right on the heels. I am so excited for Jacksonville State. Very happy that they're coming to Lynchburg uh, this year instead of having just one game there. Um, Jacksonville, Florida Gulf Coast, Eastern Kentucky all had, uh, I think, really impressive non-conference. Um, this is a, a very competitive league this year. I'm, I think outside of the first year when Liberty joined the A-Sun and Lipscomb was, it was honestly ridiculous they didn't make the NCAA tournament. They showed the NIT that they were a massive snub. As much as we love to give them you know, crap, they were a really, really good team that year. Um I think this is the most excited I've been outside of that year for ASUN play. What's your overall thoughts on on the ASUN this season? Exciting. Um, not only the ASUN continues to grow, and the ASUN has been a great conference for us. Um, it's provided great competition. I, I don't think people realize or appreciate how good that Lipscomb team was. Um, we Kit, Garrison Matthews is on his, his second team and his second NBA contract. That's that's impressive from to come from Lipscomb and go straight to the NBA and uh, have a significant role in two teams in the NBA. So um, I look back and I, I'm, I'm thankful for that Lipscomb team back in 2019. Um, but it's it's so exciting, Nick, because it's it's all essentially almost brand new. You're adding a few new schools to to the A Sun party and places we we've never been to, and then um, the Ace. It, the conference just continues to, to rise its level of play. So it's, it's going to be very exciting. And, um, and you have, Nick, you haven't really even talked about Bellarmine who was so great last year uh, towards the end of the season. And then North Florida, who's always going to be good. They just had a gauntlet of a non-conference schedule. So, and then, like you said, the newcomers, Jacksonville State has looked sensational this non-conference and Eastern Kentucky has had some big wins. Um, People aren't going to look at them beating Milwaukee as a big deal, um, but they have the number two recruit in the country. So, um, and they 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 beat them pretty good for for the majority of the game. So, um, exciting, eager, uh, as we tell our our newcomers every year, and hopefully uh, Flames Nation knows. Uh, conference plays the hardest part of the season. Uh, everyone knows who you are. Everyone knows the scouting report, and uh, Everyone is uh, is out to get us. Um, everyone wants to take down the top the top dog, and uh, we've been fortunate enough to have uh, a good run these these last three years. But it's a new season, and we're ready to get going on uh, January fourth. Yeah, North Florida they shoot a billion threes, so it doesn't matter what their ranking is. If they have one of those nights, it, it, it you know it is what it is. Like you know they they it's incredible how many threes they get up. Like it's like oh wow they just shot that. Uh, yeah, love, love, love Coach Driscoll and uh, a fellow Lexington Christian Academy and, uh, and Carter Hendrickson. So uh, excited, excited for them in the rest of the year. So. Carter Hendrickson, yeah, I can't believe he's still there. I feel like he's been there 100 years. Um, uh, yeah, he's man, when he's hot, he's he's a really, really, really uh, uh, a talented player. But yeah, I like what you said about, you know, how this it, it feels like almost a new conference. Um, and yeah, Bellarmine, they play at a. They played a really cool arena playing at Louisville's uh, uh, Freedom Hall, their old arena, um, which is really cool. They actually, uh, being from that area, they have the uh, uh, the Louisville Bats uh, uh, play-by-play guy is their TV guy. 
I watch a I watch a lot of ESUN basketball in the ESPN <laughs> Plus when when Liberty's not playing. No. I'll tell you, Nick, ESPN Plus is the greatest uh, invention for a college basketball fan. And but I I would tell you it's our uh, it's the Liberty basketball wives and girlfriends probably least favorite invention because <laughs> we we come home from practice and uh, we'll turn on the TV and it's like oh okay Jacksonville State is playing okay Eastern Kentucky is playing West Virginia. Okay, well, my night's set, and you're just. It's a lot easier than uh, the old, like, Big South Network days where you had to, like, hook <laughs> up your HDMI cable into your TV. It was a lot more work than just, right. you know, putting on the Roku and <laughs> going to it. That's awesome. Uh, but, yeah, here's the upcoming schedule. Uh, Stetson, man, no, no favor. Uh, Liberty's 0-2 against Stetson at Stetson so far. One and two. One, one and two. One and two we did win there. Did we win there the first year? Or I'm sorry, two and two, yes. Okay. One the first, won the first year there, then we split last year. Yeah, yeah, man. That's uh that is just that's like the nightmare game on the road. They just uh, they they seem to be, you know, maybe one of our I'm sorry, I say or I'm I'm just a fan, but you're a part of it, Nick. They seem to be our our kryptonite, you know, a little bit defensively. They they have really um um you know, found a way to some of the like, I think they did, like the box and one uh, <laughs> defense. Um, yeah, that's a hey, you start off right. You know, they're going to jump right into it. Good to have a tune-up game, like you said. Uh, and then I'm really looking forward to uh, January 15th, uh, Florida Gulf Coast on the road. That's going to be a, a really good game. Florida Gulf Coast has had a really, really impressive non-conference. Their their computer numbers have really shot up. And then even Kennesaw, they almost beat Creighton. So. Yeah. Um, you know, I think overall it's a, it's a more favorable, you know, like first five games on paper. Uh, but, you know, like you said, none of these matchups are are, are, are cakewalks. I don't think, you know, there's really any cakewalks. There might be one team. I'm not going to say I'm going to be nice and, and not, not give them any, any hate. I think there's one team that's maybe, you know, really, you know, probably going to be down this year. But everyone else I think is, is, is capable, especially in their building, of beating you any night. Yeah, absolutely. One – you, you talk about, as you should, a great Flames Nation fan, uh, favorable matchups here and there. And then when you when I'm looking at the screen right now and I see Stetson, I see Christian Jones, I, I get worried. I see Kennesaw State. I, I, I almost think of my scouting report when, when I'm going into our meeting tomorrow morning with, with the coaches. And then I see North Florida Hendrickson, and then I see Samuels. For, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, are, are we ready for, for conference play? So uh, I, I would say – I hope Flames Nation appreciates this run that we're going on because um, it, it's hard to win games, Nick, especially especially in conference. And um, if you don't believe us, look at look at Christian Jones at Stetson because he is uh, he has been a nightmare for us the past three seasons. So uh, it's going to be an exciting game, um, an exciting uh, season during ASM Club. And not only just winning these regular season games, I think we really need to appreciate winning three straight tournaments. It doesn't matter what seed you are in these tournaments. As someone who loves college basketball and watches a lot of these tournaments, I mean, these, these you know, number one seeds that dominated the league still feels like they're almost like a 50-50 shot of actually winning their tournament. Just, you know, being able to win three games in a row when your season's on the line, and that is tough. So, um that in itself is just such a huge accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. And and one thing, if I put my my nerdy SID hat on right now, um, doing my summer research, uh, 
we hope we hope we can be as successful as we can uh, be during during the rest of the season and go for four ace on regular season titles and four ace on tournament titles that hasn't been done since uh if i remember correctly like two two times the last i, I believe 40 years and we're talking UMass when John Calipari was there before he before he went to the NBA and we're talking even Gonzaga has only done that once in the last uh, 20 years I believe and Cincinnati went on a run when uh, before they moved to the American Conference so it's hard to do we're we're reaching historical uh, numbers just in terms of college basketball so um, what what this what this program has done is is pretty remarkable. And we always talk about, um, I know when Darius scores 30 points a game during the Diamond Head Classic, it's like, what, what are we going to do next year when we lose Darius? Well, I remember two years ago when we said, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do after Lavelle left? And it was like, okay, well, now Caleb is signing an NBA G League contract. What is he gonna, What are we going to do now? And then Cuff steps up. So, um, And now it was, what are we going to do when Chris Parker leaves? And Darius has continued to elevate his game. So. Um, I think we're building something pretty special here at, at Liberty, so I hope, I hope Flames Nation uh, is appreciating it and uh, go enjoy it. Liberty Arena is a blast, so uh, and if you're on the road, let us know. We'll uh, we'll come find you. We'll, we'll come give you some tickets. So uh, um, it's going to be an exciting time. Awesome. Well, I know I'm I'm appreciative. I, I just, you know, seeing Liberty just compete, like I said earlier, in just some of these games. Just you know, and it's not a shock. It's just it's so it's so cool to see, and it's so so awesome to see how far the program's come. And Stephen, I know you have a lot of a lot a lot to do with that behind the scenes, and uh, uh, I know I'm really appreciative of all that you do and uh, uh, all that you do to keep this team, um, you know, on the national radar and all the things you tweet out and all the promotion that you do. So, uh, Stephen, thank you so much for for coming on. This was a blast. Uh, I think it's gonna be our highest rated show ever. Uh, I think so. I don't um, know about that. They, your your account may get blocked now from Twitter. So <laughs> well, I have to ask you a question then. If you take out a Sun Championships, um, what has been your your most exciting or uh, memorable win during during this run? Hmm. Are you talking in a Sun play? It could be any game, just not an a Sun Championship. I mean, the easiest would probably be UCLA, just because of like how how much they they dominated UCLA. Just went in there and and Forcey Balfour got fired after that game. <laughs> so and, and it was cool because he was so like uh, a complimentary of Scotty James, especially. I remember that. Uh, I'll I'll try to give you one a little more off the radar. Uh, I thought the I think it was the Jacksonville game last year, uh, where where uh, you guys were down. Um, a bunch. Chris Parker had a really, really great run at the end. Kept making a, a bunch of mid-range jumpers. Um, that game looked like it was over, um, and you guys kind of, you know, came back and won that. That was a really, really uh, exciting game. So maybe that's kind of one a little bit more operator. But yeah, UCLA. I mean, it's it, it's hard to top that game. That game was just that was so special to uh, to watch as a Liberty fan, and and that was maybe like the one moment. It's like. All right, this team's arrived, and, and, and it felt like it felt like that was the 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 just the, the the springboard, you know, into the next year. Starting was a twelve and zero, 
14. It just felt yeah. 14, sorry. <laughs> there you go. 12, That's ID brain coming out. So 12 and 0 was after Vanderbilt, I think, right? That was like the big marquee win of that right. 12 and 0. Yeah, then we have the holiday um, tournament against Towson and Apple. Yeah, yeah. Those were all, all just great, you know, great wins. That team was that team was so fun and and and, and what a fun run. But yeah, yeah, I'd say that. I love it. Me. It's because I, I I wanted to ask you during the preseason, you put out all the videos, which I will say I shout to Sam Thomas. Uh, he uh, assists with our video coordinating stuff for Liberty Basketball. Um, but every after every game, I usually just get get the games on the road or if we're at home, get them on my on my hard drive or my Lacey. And I'll just rewatch games while I'm doing game notes or just just working in the office. And every leading up to every season, I'll just watch my favorite games. So I, I looked at my Twitter. I said, I think Nick is I think he was like reading my mind or something, because now I start I start watching every game. So maybe I'll start I'll start uh, showing which is game I'm watching throughout the year. And that's why we talked about I mentioned North Florida. I I never believe the record looking at their schedule because every game we played against them. I almost want to have a heart attack on on the on the press on press road. So they've been the most intense games during during conference play. Um, so I, it's it's fun going back and looking at looking at those games. Awesome. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, uh, well, we'll be praying for you. Best of luck in, in, in the rest of the season. And uh, as we always say, go Flames. Go Flames.